the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Friday, December the 10th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, in 1817, Mississippi was admitted to the Union. It was the 20th state. Today, in 1846, Brigham Young, he began his long journey from Illinois to Utah, bringing out the first Mormons to settle in Utah. Today, in 1898, a treaty was signed in Paris, officially ending the Spanish-American War. Today, in 1964, Martin Luther King Jr. received his Nobel Peace Prize in Oslo. When he accepted it, he said, With an abiding faith in America and an audacious faith in the future of mankind. It's interesting how the left, I mean, all of us, I appreciate Martin Luther King Jr., certainly, and I think all of us do for what he stood for. But it's interesting how that the activists, the Black Lives Matter, who claim MLK as their one of their luminaries, how much they have departed from what he actually said and taught and believed. With an abiding faith in America, and these people that say they're following Martin Luther King Jr. are trying to dismantle, burn, tear up, tear down, destroy Eliminate, cancel America. It's interesting. He talked about having an abiding faith in our country. They are definitely not on the same page, although they claim him as one of their own. Today in 2007, former Vice President Al Gore accepted the Nobel Peace Prize. He received the prize, as you can imagine, for his call for all humanity to rise up against a looming climate climate crisis and we must stop waging war on the environment. Today in 2013 in South South Africa there was a memorial service for Nelson Mandela. In the service our US President Barack Obama he spoke he energized tens of thousands of spectators nearly a hundred visiting heads of state with his plea for the world to emulate the last great liberator of the 20th century. Well, I don't know that I would agree that Mandela was the last great liberator of the 20th century, perhaps, but it's interesting that the thing that's remembered most about Barack Obama's speech back in 2013 in South Africa was the fact that, well, the pres- they had a sign language guy, interpreter there beside him, to be politically correct. And I understand there's people with hearing disabilities, and that, that's a good thing. But this guy, <laughs> this guy was waving his arms and, you know, animated as Barack Obama was animated and so on. After the speech, people who knew sign language, said he was an imposter. He wasn't even speaking in the language of 
sign language, he was just waving his arms around meaninglessly. And I thought, maybe I shouldn't think this, but I thought, what a parallel. A man who stood there in front of these people, energizing them as a hero to many of them, Barack Obama, whom some say were was born in Africa. I know people who say that. I know people who live in Africa who say that, but that's a different topic. But the point is, as Barack Obama was waging his conquest on with language on the world, the guy that was signing him was just waving his arms in meaningless rhetoric. Well, you can give that some thought for whatever it's worth, but nonetheless, that's what happened, among other things, today on this date, December the 10th, 2021. This year is about to wrap up. We've talked about a lot of things over the course of this year of 2021. I was just thinking back just yesterday about some of the issues that have come before us and some of the things that have happened. We've tried to faithfully talk about them on this program and all all of our efforts on this program are from a biblical perspective, not my perspective. It is mine, but it's more importantly, it's God's perspective. And that's what's important. Got a contribution from Vancouver, Washington. I think it was yesterday online. I noticed it. And, um, it said there's a little message box, uh, and I, I pay attention to those. As I've said before, I read everything that's said to us, and uh, I look at it, and I looked at this, and it, the message said from uh, from Vancouver, said, thank you for being our voice. God bless you, Gary Randall. And I I, I appreciate what is being said there, and, and I, I'm honored. But more importantly, we want to be God's voice, and I understand what you're saying because so many people say, boy, Gary, that's just what I was thinking. I, I just, I, I've been thinking the same thing. We're generally, we conservatives, Christians, are generally on the same page. Not all, but generally, we're kind of thinking along the same lines. And I just happen to have the opportunity to turn on a microphone every morning and articulate it in a public forum. And I'm I understand that there are many who listen to this program, and I am humbled and honored. I am. But our goal is to be a voice on behalf of the Lord and speak about what's happening in our culture in the context of his truth and what God thinks. And I want to thank all of you, including this um, this woman, from Vancouver, thank you. And to all of you who support what we're trying to do, thank you so much. I, I know you understand. I know you get something from it. You tell me you do. And often you say thanks for all your work. Yes, we do put a lot of effort into this because I think you're worth it. And I believe and know that God deserves our best efforts, whatever they may be for each of us. So that's kind of how we approach this every day as we turn on this microphone and talk about what we talk about. And I want to thank you for supporting it 
We wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much. As we near the end of the year, you might consider doing something for the ministry, maybe out of the ordinary. Maybe you don't contribute regularly, but from time to time, it would be most helpful and deeply appreciated. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us. And there's a tab on the page that will come up, whatever. We publish an article every day, and it's read uh, widely, uh, actually, and uh, in a lot of foreign countries, as a matter of fact. But um, you'll see at the top of the page a tab, and you can just click that and donate online. And more and more people are doing that. And or you can, of course, send in a contribution to our address, Box 399 Bellevue, Washington. 98009. The far left was hoping for more, much more, from President Biden's commission to reform the IS court in the nation. They did not bow, though, this commission. I thought I kind of thought they would. Honestly, I did. When he announced that he was going to create this commission, I thought, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. He's going to get a bunch of his buddies to sit on there, come back with a well-thought-out, deeply documented, etc., etc., commission that says, yeah, the, the Supreme Court should be packed with more people and so on. They didn't do that. And I, I honestly, I was surprised. They didn't bow to the crazed demand by the progressives to add seats to the court. In fact, they said there was profound disagreement among us and we didn't come to a conclusion. It's interesting. It's refreshing to hear from the left an honest statement. But they said that. Conservatives say the Supreme Court is worth defending because it's the last line of defense to protect our civil liberties. And it is. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about that today because we need to be informed. There is an assault on the Supreme Court. There are demands now on this abortion issue that they heard the other day. They'll be ruling, uh, putting out a public ruling in probably in June. But there's demands on them now. I mean, there are people, celebrities are standing up and saying, you better rule in favor of abortion or else we'll come after you. That's the kind of a environment we live in today. But the commission was created, as I said, by President Biden to reform, quote unquote, the highest court in the nation. And it was, it concluded its study without bowing to this pressure from the left. Came back with recommendations, but not the recommendation to, not, to the increase the number of justices or to establish some kind of term limits. And that's really what Joe Biden was after when he appointed this. In its report released last week, the Presidential Commission on the Supreme Court of the United States, that's what the committee was called, there was profound disagreement among its group of legal scholars over the most two volatile issues. And, of course, that was, as I said, why it was formed in the first place, really. Thankfully, President Trump nominated three justices to the current court who were originalists. Therefore, they're conservative rather than so-called progressive. And that holds that the Constitution is shaped by the culture because it's a living document. Sotomayor and Kagan and those 
Oh, they believe it's a living document. Barack Obama, he talked about it all the time, incessantly. Biden doesn't talk about it because I don't know if he grasped the idea, but he's certainly driving in the same lane with these guys. Jeremy Dyes is an attorney with First Liberty Institute. It's a Christian-based, biblically-based law firm. There are several of those around. This is one of them. He told American Family News this week that the left will keep pushing for so-called court reform. That's what they call it. Because in their view, the right is pursuing an ideologically driven agenda. But Dye says that's simply not true. He's one of us. He's a conservative, a Christian, and a lawyer. He said the left sees the Supreme Court as another tool to subdue the conservative right and their traditional values. And that's exactly right. That's what they see. They see every institution in America as a tool. Public education, entertainment, the Supreme Court, lower courts across the land. Why do you think George Soros writes these big checks to put people in office all across the country? He spends millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to get these guys elected as attorney general or whatever in a state, in a city. The Los Angeles Times published a feature article a few days ago It was titled, Why the Supreme Court is One of the Greatest Threats to the American Democracy. I don't have to take a lot of time to explain to you where they might be coming from, but that was the title of this featured article. In it, they note, it's a long article, but in it, they note that General Mark Milley, you know, the guy, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff during the run-up to the 2020 election, The story in the Los Angeles Times says he worried about a hashtag moment, Russia, that he resolved with his colleagues to thwart whatever the former president, that would be Trump, might try to do. They were actually talking about Donald Trump overthrowing the government, becoming a dictator of the United States with people, well, people, well, those conservative people going along with him, just like Some of the nice people in Germany were fooled by Hitler at first. That was their line of thinking. The truth is, the Times says, the biggest threat to American democracy isn't a military coup, as Milley's laudable behavior tends to show. The more probable danger is much less dramatic and much more terrifying. A horrible decision from the final arbiter of our constitutional system the Supreme Court of the United States. Now, transferred into from shadow talk into straight talk, that is that worse than fearing Trump taking over America and becoming a Hitler of the 21st century, they say even a greater threat to America is that the Supreme Court might make a wrong decision. Now, what could that wrong decision be in the context of current events? Well, it could be that they would rule against abortion, that they would rule in such a way that Roe v. Wade would be overturned or just collapse under its own weight because it's horrible, horrible legislation. Any honest lawyer will tell you that. Interesting. The Supreme Court heard a Second Amendment case in November regarding New York's state law that restricts firearms to inside the house. 
I mean, they are trying to get the noose around the neck of the Second Amendment. I tell you, I mean, the goal is no guns for nobody. Like a police state, except they're the police and they're defunding the real police. But the leftist Democrats were livid when the Supreme Court agreed to hear the Mississippi abortion case. That's the case that could bring down Roe v. Wade. I think they think it's going to happen. Based on what they're doing, they're scurrying around like they're in a panic mode. That was argued before the court last week, as you know. That case could overturn Roe v. Wade, and I believe the Democrats think it will, and the progressives and all of the people on the left, whether they're Democrats or not, most of them are, but not all. But I'm pretty sure they think that Roe v. Wade's going to be whacked, if not completely dissolved, as a result of the ruling that will come out in June, probably in June. I believe the Democrats think it will, and I believe that the abortion industry and their their colleagues, and it's a huge industry. It isn't really about women's health care. It's really about an ideology of disposing of unwanted, unborn babies. I mean, honestly, it is. Just get rid of them because it's not convenient to have Junior right now. We'll have sex, and we won't really care about protecting, but if we get pregnant, we have a right to kill that baby because that baby is an intrusion. It's not a gift from God. It's an intrusion to my schedule, my plan, my goal, my purpose, etc. That's why the left and the right are so far apart. I mean, we put our values on everything differently than the left. And that's why I can, as an ordained minister my entire adult life, pastor for many years, youth pastor, music pastor, in the church, in the jungles, that's why I can so strongly advocate for conservative values and conservative views because they're biblically based. A biblical worldview leads you to conservative values, not progressive values. Progressive values are anti-God at the root. Every one of them are because they're humanist. And humanist is anti-God. Humanist says, I am God. Humanist echoes Eve in the garden. You can be as God. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's the conversation. It, it's old, but it's new. It's current. It's, it's now. I mean, that's what's happening. So this Supreme Court ruling, as I said, will come out in, in June, but These other cases are up. There's another case that's being heard this week by the Supreme Court, and it has to do with school choice in the state of Maine. Dye says the Supreme Court is worth protecting from the far left because it's the last line of defense to protect our civil liberties as guaranteed by the the U.S. Constitution. And he's right, humanly speaking. He says, quote, I think until this whole thing is completely put to bed, Americans are going to have to continue to be vigilant to preserve the institution that preserves our freedom, whether that's Congress, the White House, or especially our last line of defense, our judiciary. So true, and we find this thread throughout the Word of God. We find it throughout history as well. When laws fail and a society becomes steps over the line and becomes lawless, chaos ensues. And that is the road to destruction. 
every civilization that has ever existed on this world, in all of human history, if they became lawless, they became extinct. They disappeared from the face of the earth. That's what we're looking at today. And the Supreme Court is it supreme. God is supreme. But in the context of society, we have, our founding fathers, have decided and we have kept that tradition that we would have our court system, our local, our regional, our circuit, ultimately our Supreme Court, meaning the highest court in the land. The radical left is, they're obsessed with destroying our institutions in their Build Back Better facade. That Build Back Better isn't even original to them to, and to Joe Biden. That is rooted in Marxism, that phrase itself. They're passionate about remaking America into something our founders never intended. And as I say, that's why I can be passionate about this, because it is so linked to, to righteousness and to godliness and to biblical truth. John Adams, and I quote him often because he said a lot, he talked a lot, he wrote a lot. And he raised a son who honored God and read through the Bible just like his dad taught him to. John Quincy was his son and also a president later in the next generation. But John Adams, one of our founding fathers, he said, and I'm quoting him, he said, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. In other words, if morality and religion, which religion is the basis for morality, if that's gone, we don't have a government that can succeed, that can sustain. He said, avarice, ambition, revenge, gallantry. He said, that would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. <laughs> Interesting illustration he uses there, a whale go through a net. That would set off some of the indigenous for catching their whales. But nonetheless, that's what he said. He said, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. That's why we have this feeling of uncertainty in our nation today. That's why we have this sense of, of, of trepidation. We, we're fearful, and people are saying that. We, what's going to happen? That's why we have got to direct ourselves, and we try to do that on this program every day, to redirect our thinking through the truth of God's Word. What did God say? What, how is God... How is God a part and the leadership and the kind of the essence of our life? That's where peace and joy and strength. That is the essence of life because Jesus himself said, I am the way, the life, the truth. I am the light of the world. I mean, these are the positive. These are the, the productive aspects of human life itself. And yet the left is constantly attacking the very essence of life itself through their policies. Many trusted voices are calling Americans to action, to be informed, to be engaged, to be vigilant. A generation after our founding fathers, Daniel Webster, I've mentioned him often on this program. I've got to quote him again. He too 
fact, he was said to be and still is said to be by many, probably the brightest, most effective senator that ever, ever served in our United States Senate. He told his colleagues in Congress, Daniel Webster, he said, if the citizens neglect their duty and place unprincipled men in office, the government will soon be corrupted. Laws will be made, not for the public good so much as for the selfish and local purposes. Corrupt and incompetent men, that would be women as well now, would be appointed to execute the laws. Webster said the public revenues will be squandered on unworthy men, and the rights of citizens will be violated or disregarded. Does that sound like anything you've seen lately? Of course it does. That's the kind of a world we're living in today. It's an amazing, amazing time to live. But most importantly, we live in a time when we are seeing these ideologies, the left. And for those of you that may be listening today who vote for leftist people and leftist ideology, I don't know how you square that with your faith in Jesus Christ. I really don't. But I will tell you that what they're doing and the policies they are imposing upon this nation are anti-Bible, anti-God, and anti-humanity. They are always destructive. They are never progressive or productive, ever. In in fact, there's a survey out. I'll, I'll probably talk about this a little bit more next week. There's a survey that just came out from Gallup. Only 18% of American households are now what we call nuclear families. That means a man and a woman married with children. That's called a nuclear. I mean, that's just a phrase they use for the just a traditional family. But the number of homes in the U.S. with traditional nuclear families, that's married parents with children, is at the lowest point it's ever been in the history of the United States. That's Gallup yesterday. According to the statistics compiled by the U.S. Census Bureau, among the 130 million households in the country, only 17.8% of them include married couples with kids under 18 years old. That's down from 40% in 1970. There's currently 23.1 million American homes with nuclear families, the, the fewest since 1959. Some of you old guys remember 1959. Much of the staggering decrease, they say, has been credited to COVID, but there's also a trend to delay marriage, live together instead of get married, and and the ongoing decline in the birth rate. And they are saying, not from a spiritual or biblical or even Christian point of view, they're saying from a sociological point of view, our culture's in trouble. And what they are not saying is why. And the reason is because of the leftist policies that have been put into our institutions, our culture, our thinking, and it's been delivered into our kids' minds in public education, through entertainment, and all the rest of it. The birth rate has significantly declined from 2019 even to 2021. We'll talk about more about that probably next week. But thank you so much for being with me today and hopefully each day this week. Have a great weekend. Thank you for your support. Remember that God is in control. 
Sometimes it doesn't look like he is, but he is. Be well assured of that. Have a great weekend. I'll look forward to seeing you right here on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.